Now welcome, welcome to every nation party. Yeah, alright. So again, good morning everyone, welcome to every nation party and uh, powerful, powerful worship Karina. And uh, thank you, Music E, for that uh, powerful and impactful worship. Now, sino ba na blessed ito? Kumamawas, we're blessed quite a bit. Alright, yeah, so we welcome you to every nation party. And uh, every nation exists to honor God and make disciples. So we honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministry. Now, every nation, every year, we start with our prayer and fasting. And we would like to reiterate and emphasize, so we would focus on this, actually even this year, but overall, that we have placed a high premium on the power, truthfulness, and benefit of Scripture. Now, God reveals Himself to us through His Word, by which He transforms and empowers us. Now, this 2022, we're calling each and every one of you to read and understand, believe, and obey God's Word. That's why our series, actually our thrust for the this year, is called Abide. It's entitled Abide. Now, Abide means to dwell or to live. So maybe, you know, who's this guy speaking in front? Uh, he hasn't introduced himself. Actually, quite good. Actually, uh, let me introduce myself. I'm Anthony. I'm one of the campus ministers here. Every day of campus. Barry. So if you're a part of campus, right, uh, or if you have the heart and reach out to your next uh, generation, I'd like to invite you to every day of campus, Barry. And I would like to introduce myself. Let's introduce myself. No, I would like to introduce myself using abide. Right? So I'm Anthony and I abide. Or live in here in Bahrain. So this is my wife. Yeah, this is my wife. Yeah. Uh, I have a picture of say That's the only one. I think a picture. Alright, so yeah, so this is my wife, Mika. And yeah. Yeah, we're about to know. We'll, we'll celebrate our first year anniversary in a couple of days. Yeah, no. Yeah. Why am I? So everything's well, actually, we're, we're truly blessed. No, we're truly blessed in Bahrain. As a matter of fact, I other Right? So we get to experience 
We get to experience the richness wherever we are living in. So, the series is entitled Abide because that is the goal, right? For this year, and hopefully for the rest of our lives, that we will abide, that we will abound as well in reading and in committing to the Word of God. Now, don't get me wrong here. Uh, this year, we're not focusing on just, you know, okay, let's read the Bible, let's have our life groups, and let's have our Bible reading plans, let's have a target of reading the Bible in the entire year. Any one of you has started that kind of objective? That this year, I will read the entire Bible. Now, don't get me wrong here. Uh, a Bible is not just about, you know, having that mental ascent, that head knowledge. No? Now, actually, I know the I know all the sons of Abraham. He says, he says, no. Not, not that the point. No? We're not trying to transform people who are Bible geeks or Bible nerds. Not that. Okay? But what we're after, okay, is a transformation. Yeah, 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 yeah. That we will be what? Demonstrators of the gospel. Yeah, yeah. That we will go out reflecting what the Bible says. You need a head knowledge. Right? That you can, you know, you memorize all the verses, but you know, in real life, you right? So our goal for this year is for us to find live in God's word in a world that we're in. Yeah, now we're talking about living or abiding in God's word. Or technically experiencing him. Because as I said a while ago, abide is not a passive word. It's actually an active word that involves us experiencing. So today, you know, today we'll be continuing with our series. And we've been studying the book of John, right? For the past four weeks now in our series, uh, of course, entitled By Now, Living. Now, living and abiding in God, experiencing that life in Him, is actually the purpose of John. Right? So, uh, before we go and dive into the text, now I would like to take you to John 20, verse 31. So, if you have your Bibles with you, and hopefully you have your Bibles with you. Yeah. 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 Check natin yung mga Yeah, so, parang yung mga hindi, parang yung mga yung papakiti. Right? So, John 20, verse 31. Right? So yeah, a bit of trivia, did you know? Did you know? That John is only one of the two books of the four Gospels that that says and indicates its purpose. Right? So you have to read your Bible, right? So you have to right? So the first so let's look at John 9 verse 31. Now John explicitly said okay, the purpose of the book that he wrote. Let's read. It says here, but this are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Amen. That you may have life in His name. He's nothing that you may know. Right? That you may know who He is. It's not, it doesn't end there. Right? That you may have a meaningful life. In his name. Right? So it doesn't just end with a passive thought or an idea in our heads, but it's an active demonstration of who Jesus is in our lives. Right? As we believe that he is indeed, right? Not just, you know, a good teacher, he's not just a good man, okay? But he is 100% man, 
100% God. He is Jesus Christ, our Savior, the Son of God. Not even good. Right? That's our objective. Right? So we've been studying the book of John for uh, four weeks now, and we've been continuing this week. Well, before we go through right, our, main, you know, our main session for this uh, morning, let's look at what has transpired so far for the last four weeks. So in week one, we learned right, that the word became flesh. That Jesus is the word of God. Now, Jesus created all things and imparts life and life to everyone who receives him. In week two, we get to know that the word gives life. Right? And Jesus has life in himself, and everyone who hears his word and leaves the Father receives eternal life. Last week, when we were here last week, right, we get to know that the word feeds, feeds our spirit, and that Jesus is the true bread of heaven. That whoever feeds on him by feeding on his words will live for his words. For his words are spirit and life. Now this week, now are you ready? Now we'll get to know, you know another facet, another aspect of the word. And we will get to know that the word sets us free. You're already asking questions, but free from what? But I'm actually free right now. Right? You know, quarantine. Free from what exactly? Later on, we'll get to know that. Oh, by the way, we'll change things up, no? Uh, in this, uh, in this, in this, uh, in this sermon, sermon, right? I'll be asking questions, but we don't get to answer. Because you know what happened? The bad answer last week. No, 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 we're not about that. No, but I want you to think with me, no? to actively, purposely, intentionally study the word today. Because you know, whenever, you know, whenever we have our, our sermon series, no, certain, but I mean. Right? And then we went for the 45 minutes to be over, and then why not? Right? But this time, I'll be asking thoughtful questions. Right? So that you can walk with me. Right? And finally, you know, crystallizing on your message to work with Lord Saturday. Right? So with that being said, our text for this morning is John chapter 8, verse 23 to 26. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me ask you, right? He said to them, You are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I, I told you, I told you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So they said to him, Who are you? Jesus said to them, uh, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. Verse 26, I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the word that I have heard from him. They did not understand, he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have left with us the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. Verse 29, And he who sent me is with me, he has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. 
be attributed. We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is, how is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, the son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this word, uh, for this morning. Lord, we pray that you give us the wisdom, Lord Jesus, to be feeling your presence, to be able to understand your message for us. Lord, we pray for fertile hearts that are ready to receive your message this morning. Lord, we thank you. Uh, we thank you that despite of the circumstances around us, we're here gathering in your name. Lord, we pray, Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit be with us this morning. This we ask you in your mighty name. Okay. So this is no, I read the chapter, uh, actually a section of a chapter of John I know that. Right? John chapter 8. Uh, chap, John chapter 8, verse 23 to 26. Now, when you read your Bible, how do you read? Right? Oh, don't answer the question. Don't do Mr. Anthony's class, right? So but isn't it that whenever we read the Bible, sometimes just Sometimes it becomes a menial task, right? But for us to fully understand what the text says, right? We will walk through and try to see you important words, you setting, right? And the context of what we have just read. So let's look at John chapter 8, verse 23. Let's talk about its context. No? So we have to remember that in John chapter 8, if you're going to read it, if you're to understand it, we might not get the full message of it because it's just like, I don't know if you've experienced it when you're part of a WhatsApp group, and then you have to back read. Because if you don't need, if you don't back read, you don't get the entire conversation. And sometimes it's over to back read. Right? But we have to do it, right? And in this case, we have to, right? Because this is just a section of an entire discourse. Right? So as we're looking at this narrative, now okay, again, I use the word there, narrative. So this account tells a story, right? This is the gospel. So whenever we're reading the Bible, we have to know what we are reading. Right? We have to know what we are reading. That's it. You have to know what text, what kind of text you are dealing with. And right now, we're reading with the gospel, the story, right? So since we're talking about the story, and we're going to look, go back to the verse once again, right? The significant characters were the people involved in this text, right? So obviously, that you will notice here that there's Jesus and his audience, which are the Pharisees, right? And our next question should be, what is happening in the text? Right? And immediately we will see here that the conversations that they're having is not a friendly conversation. It's a hostile conversation, right? Now, also, we, get, we need to find out what's happening or what's the event, okay? What's the setting or what's or the milieu, or what's happening in the text. So basically, what's happening here is that there's a feast, okay? The Feast of Tabernacle. Yeah, 
You don't know. Yeah, Feast of Tabernacles, right? Or Feast of Booths. Now, we have to remember here that uh, this is one of the significant events or significant feasts uh, for Old Testament Jews. And up to now, they're still celebrating this. Now, what is it about? So, it, it commemorates the time we're in. Uh, the Israelites traveled and sojourned, you know, and they lived in booths to take the land of Canaan. So the feast signifies the future time when the Messiah rules and reigns on earth, and all the people of tribes and nations will dwell in Christ. Very smart one. It's not from me. It's from God. Questions that work, right? So, so, so this feast is basically an gathering of harvest. It's, it's considered to be the most popular feast. It's more popular than the Passover and the Pentecost for Jews. Now, as they, you know, as they build their houses, right, they also do certain rituals here, right? One of which is water drawing and this wonderful lamp lighting, right? And I think I can have, no? So imagine with me, no? So when you're reading the Bible, you should imagine this as well. Also, we have a feast, guys. There's a feast. Right? And here you see, well, it's, it's a night time, it's night time, and they're lighting the lamps. So each lamp is symbolic. Right? Now, why am I starting with the feast? Right? Because chapters ahead of what, chapters ahead from what we've just read a while ago. Right? So just to, you know, to, 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 to put you, to give you a frame of what's happening. No? While this is happening, right? Jesus declares in the temple as he teaches and says that I am the light of the world. Well, I am the light of the world. So we don't see the impact, right? Let me tell you what happened and why is it so impactful. While they're celebrating this, okay, they're actually looking forward to the Messiah, okay, to that, to that deliverer, right? So it's highly symbolic of their travel from the Exodus, but their travel. Right? On how God sustained them. Right? And Jesus comes into the picture. No, Jesus comes into the picture saying, Sup guys, I am the light of the world. So that is actually blasphemous for, for Old Testament, for, for, for Jews, for Pharisees. Right? It's basically listening a person claiming that he is the deliverer. The reason for the celebration. We get the point there, guys. Go chat, right? So, you might, you might be asking, for those people, I'm going to church. So, when we say Messiah, right, in Old Testament, Messiah means anointed one or the chosen one. And Old Test, in the Old Testament, they believe okay, that the Messiah will come, a deliverer will come, and this deliverer will be the light for his people. Right? So, that's what they believe in, you know, that someone will come and deliver them. And when we say deliver them, that means this, this man, or literally, this chosen one will come to liberate them, to free them from the conquerors that, have, that is in their country at that moment. Right? So you understand it, that's your understanding, that this man will be liberating them. And when, they, when he sets them free, he will establish a new kingdom for them. Right? Yeah, except not in John. So, if you want to get to know more okay, of the context of the uh, of the Messiah, right? I would like to mention Isaiah chapter 16, verse 19 to 20. I will show you there, so we'll see another verses later, right? So, when you say Messiah, right? Messiah, that means anointed one, or in Greek, 
Christos, kaya Jesus Christ, hindi yung surname, right? Kaya Jesus the Messiah, right? So yeah, so medyo malino tayo. So again, let's, I'll compound on that point that the Jews were actually waiting for a physical Messiah that will deliver them from the Roman Empire. Now imagine now, okay, Mark chapter 7, Jesus comes to the celebration, I am the light. Right? So drastic. It's something that's controversial. And that leads us, okay, that's the, that leads us to our text this morning. Introduction pa lang. Okay, pala. Mahalo yung Right, so that leads us, okay, that leads us to our text now. Now, the rest of the passage, so the rest of the passage we're going to deal with is a hostile debate. Ba, debate? Yeah, also debate. So between Pharisees and Jesus. Now, what's gonna happen here, guys, is because of that controversial claim and because of the signs and wonders that he did, the Pharisees okay, are very angry to the point that they that this anger will culminate, okay, will culminate to them killing him. Right? And right before that, okay, it will be next time this day. And in our passage, we will see the Pharisees debating and questioning Jesus' credibility. And now Jesus, despite of their antics, he uses this moment to show his divinity. And so actually, Jesus is helping the Pharisees to see his other side. The, his other side is a version of truth and freedom. Because the, the Pharisees have their own version of it. Right? And that's what I said a while ago. We're waiting for Messiah. Now, Jesus wants to use that moment okay, in showing a version of truth and freedom that is beyond the physical notion or the physical meaning of truth and freedom that the Pharisees were being thinking. Now, the question is, what is this version of truth okay, that truly sets us Bible, if you ask yourself when you're reading the Bible. Diba? Kasi, 
If we're not going to meditate on it, we'll get lost. Ito na natin. Right? So, if we're going to look at the statement, it shows what? It shows division. That Jesus shows the striking contrast okay, of God's realm, the divine, and the realm of those who do not believe. Now, as I said a while ago, the Jews were expecting a physical Messiah. So as their expectations, as they're expecting on that deliverer, they actually missed the point of who the Messiah really is. Now, if you're, if, if I'm saying a while ago there's a division, the next question that you should ask is, what causes that separation? What causes that separation? The answer to that is unbelief. You're not just plain ignorant, right? That's why that's why they miss the Messiah. It's actually a deliberate choice. But it's a deliberate ignorance if there's such a thing. Right? So Jesus here, now if you go to the text again, right? Uh there's I am there. Yeah, very important, right? To make this word up. I am. When John was writing this, okay, again, what's the goal of John? Right? The purpose of writing this book is, uh, let's read that, okay? Yeah. It's written to say that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. So he's trying to write this text, okay, for Jewish and the Greeks alike, so that they may believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's why that I am. Yeah, that I am is highly important. Why? Because that I am is resonating in echoes whenever a Jewish person hears that. Because that will take them back to Exodus 3.19. Right? And Exodus 3.19 says, right? Exodus 3.19 says, God said to Moses, not in Exodus moment, right? God said to Moses, I am who I am. Right? And he said, this, say this to the people of Israel. I am. I said, me. Now imagine you're a Jew. But it's not that. Jesus Christ frees us from death. 
what is this? So what now? Me. You know what you're Right? I mean, what's the significance on me now? If you truly believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, the question is, right? Right after this worship service, when you go to your workplaces, when you lock yourself into your room, right? Is Jesus Christ still Lord and Savior? That's the question, right? Because sometimes we have like other egos. It's sad to say that whenever it's Monday, okay, worship service over. Okay? Try to transform. Right? So we have our different modes sometimes. Now, the question here for us is this. To what extent, to what extent is Jesus Christ Lord and Savior in our lives? Is it just, you know, a selective kind of thing? No? But, you know, Friday, or when my life leader is here, or when I'm with my church community, the second question we should remember is this. How does the knowledge and belief in Jesus as our Lord and Savior affected and impacted our daily lives? Say that again. Right? That's the question that we need to ponder on. Right? But the encouragement is this. Right? Despite of our failures, God will remain merciful and graceful. Right? That's the encouragement for us today. Yeah. That yes, you will fail, but God is unchanging. Right? God is unchanging. Yeah. So number two, second point natin. Now, as I said, I will change things a bit. Right? I will change things a bit. Now, I would like to look at this set of verses. Yeah. So we have John 8, 19, John 8, 22, and John 8.25. Now, whenever you're reading your Bible, you have to be aware of what's happening. Diba? And in this set of texts, we see that there's a conversation. Right? So there's a line from Jesus, and the line from a Pharisee. So there's a debate. Right? And whatever a character says reveals something about who they are. Right? And here we see the Pharisees asking these three questions. And you observe later, as we observe in these multiple questions of the Pharisees, okay, that it reveals something about their character. And what does that reveal about their character? It reveals their what? Their disbelief. They're trying to what? To reason out okay, what they believe in. Right? So reasoning comes first. Right? And the truth is, our point number two is this. The truth is a relationship. It's not just about reasoning out. Now, when the Pharisees were actually questioning Jesus, remember when we ask questions, technically you want to know something. You want to, you know, you want to get that information. But their questioning, their line of questioning, is not to really to, you know, to get to know something, but rather it's a question of credibility. It's a question of credibility. It's basically signifying their what? Their doubt. Their unbelief. Their minds and hearts were closed because of the truth that they chose to hold on to. Now, that's not surprising at all. Because Jesus himself said, in John 3, 19, said this, right? And this is the judgment, the light has come into the world. And people love the darkness rather, rather than the light because their works were evil. So it's not really surprising. The Pharisees 
embrace the darkness. The dark side is gone. Right? So they were blinded because they thought that you know the truth of the Messiah can be rationalized. They were blinded because these were stuck with their previous belief. They were blinded because they're all too consumed by the darkness of their sin. The Pharisees sadly missed the point and missed the point of the Messiah. Right? So now let's look at the responses of Jesus. So Jesus, the truth that Jesus was forwarding is not really something that's you know, about rationalization, it's not about reasoning, but rather what Jesus was forwarding was modeled by what he and God the Father has. And what is that? Our relationship. That is why we will see the set of verses, yeah, so this following verses, right? That's, uh, say that again. So that's John 8 18, John 8 28, and John 8 29. Each one of those will tell us or will show us, right, the relationship of Jesus. And God the Father. And in John 8, 18, right, we'll see there that the Father sent Jesus. In the next text, you will see there that the Father, let me read that for you. And that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. So the relationship is like the Father is teaching the Son. Right? And finally, in 8, 29, right, and he will say, that are pleasing to him. Jesus is doing what is pleasing to the Father. Now, if we're reading our Bibles and observing this, well, what does this say about Jesus and God the Father? They have a relationship. And that relationship is actually the invitation of the model that Jesus is trying to show the Pharisees. That the, that the truth that they're holding on to, okay, it's nothing compared to the truth that he is presenting. Because the truth that he is presenting is beyond the human reasoning. Rather, it's what? A divine relationship. It's a divine relationship that's modeled by God the Father and the Son. But the Pharisees rejected Jesus' identity. They failed to see the invitation of that relationship. Let's all remember the truth that is Jesus Christ requires more than reasoning. Believing the truth that is Jesus Christ is a free relationship. Now, if we truly, what's positive for us, if we truly believe in Christ, isn't it that, you know, if we're saying it's a relationship, we need to build the relationship. Now, if you have a, a best friend, <coughs> best friend, best friend of the time, yeah, if you have a best friend, or if your mom and your dad, for example. You can't say that you're building their relationship if you don't talk, if you don't communicate, if you don't spend your time with that person. That's why when my, my girlfriend, my wife and I were girlfriend and boyfriend, even though we're LDR, we spend time communicating. Right? Sure, but sure. Right. So we spend time communicating. Why is it building that relationship? As you get to know each other, you get to trust each other. Right? And when you trust each other, that relationship is forged. And what do we, why are we trying to say this? Because if that is the case, we need to spend time, 
We need to communicate, right? The question for us is this, in your 24 hours, and for us, how much have we spent in devoting, in praying, and reading the Word of God? Yeah. If you're saying that, oh, Lord, Lord and Savior, we have a relationship, how does that relationship exist if you don't talk, if you don't communicate, if you don't spend time with Jesus Christ? You're, usually those relationships what? become stale. Mm-hmm. Imagine, you know, let's just imagine with me. How many times do you spend in Netflix? Binge watching Netflix. Or maybe playing rap games in Mobile Legends. That's, every game is like 20 to 30 minutes. And if you lost, one game is not one game. Of yeah. course. Right. 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 Imagine. Imagine that, guys. Now, let's put that aside and let's talk about reading the Bible and praying. Imbalance. Yeah, there's an imbalance, right? Now, the question is how can we know? God's will in our lives. If you don't read the Bible. Right? Now, let me share a bit of my testimony. So, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying this because you know, I'm perfect. Yeah, I'm not the model here. This is my best guy here. I'm not saying that. As a matter of fact, I've been through rough patches and very rough patches. Very rough. As a matter of fact, I think Alan, I'm not going to tell I think I need no Alan because he's, he's really persevering, right? To remind me, where have you read your Bible? Can you, can you really start in front of reading that? You know, you know God's to ask those questions, right? Because to tell you the truth, it's hard reading the Bible. It's easier to be Leslie you know, or to be Rings, right? And play ML than reading the Bible, okay? So the challenge for us is this, if we truly are claiming that we have a relationship with Christ, then we should also pray for what? The desire. Not pray for the desire, not pray for discipline. No, not that. But pray for desire to have that, you know, that love and hunger for God's word. That's right. You come here, I'm a Christian. I have a relationship with Christ. Very you don't know me. How can that be a relationship, right? Right? So that is a wake up call for each and every one of us. Now, third point. The truth that is Jesus Christ is freedom from sin. Now let's go to uh, verse 31 to 33 and later on 34 to 36. Yeah. So let me read that for you. It says here in verse 31. So you just said to the Jews, what believe him? If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth. And the truth will set you They answered him, We are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever, the son remains forever. So if the son says to me, you will be free indeed. Now, Let's try to look at the set of verses. Again, to understand this, we need to look at, we need to observe. Because you need to spend time. When you're dating, you need to spend time, right? To get to know the person. It's just that way. Right? So it says here, right? Important words, important ideas there. There's an idea of freedom. There's an idea of slavery. 
Ayan, so yeah, you can give it idea. Ayan. And of course, just a mention of the idea or concept of a slave and a son. Now, I want you to, if you're, you know, if you're writing, you write those words. Right? It's going to be important later on. Let's try to unpack each one of those. Because if you cannot fully understand this text, if you will not be aware or familiar of the cultural background of the text, because this is not written for you. Eh? This is not written for Filipinos. That's why we might not be fully understanding what it's trying to say. Right? So let's talk about slave first and son. Right? So this word slave comes from the Greek word dulios. So whenever we hear the, slave, the word slave, the challenge here is that we're fixed with, you know, what happened in America back then, you know, the slave trade. And that's not the point that we're talking about. No? The concept of slave is tainted by the slave trade in America and in the West. It's not that. When we say slave here, it's a different concept for the news, right? So when we say slave, okay, you can become, contextually, you can become a volunteer, you become a slave. Volunteer myself in a slave for protection. Or, because by birth, no, your mom was a slave, so you're also a slave. Or, because of war, you were captured to become a slave. So, technically, it can be voluntary, it can be involuntary, but what's, what's, what should be crystallizing in your heads right now is this, when you're a slave, you don't have a will of your own. Your security is not yours. You have no family ties. You don't expect that you will inherit anything. Right? Versus, okay, a word that says here, a son. Right? Now, contextually or culturally, now when you say son, definitely, right? Automatic, you will have an inheritance from the father. That's why it was said there, okay, the slave does not remain in the house forever, the son remains forever. Yeah, that's what it meant. Right? Because a slave, after seven years, you can be free. You're now a free man. Okay? But when you say son, Matthew, you will remain forever. But Jesus Christ extended that figure of speech. Okay? He extended that. He says, you know, so if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. So it's the son giving out the privilege, the inheritance, that you will be free indeed. But the question is, how will you be free? Right? How will you be free? Now let's go our very core, okay, the very core of our text, and that is uh, John 8, 31. It says here, reading one. So Jesus said to the Jews, what you do? If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you Jesus is telling the Pharisees back in, right? Especially, again, I'll give you a nutshell of what happened, no? Because he was speaking, a portion of the people believed. Mm. No? So, despite of the circumstances of those people being uh, hostile, okay, a portion of those people believed in him. And this is what he's telling them. If you truly are my disciples, right, you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Now, the freedom that Jesus Christ telling here is spirit one. Freedom from what? To answer a question a while ago, Freedom from the bondage of sin. And that's what the Jews were not getting. Okay? They were thinking of a liberator, a political leader, okay? a political figure that will set them free. But no, Jesus Christ came here for a different kind of death, a different kind of bondage, and that is spiritual bondage. 
a bondage of sin. Jesus is promising freedom that no one else can give. Ask the Messiah, yes, he has come to set prisoners free. Of course, yeah. But this freedom cannot be found in what? In association. But look, at, look at the response of the uh, the Pharisees here. Right? Very weird response. Verse 31, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Look at the response of the Pharisees. We are all spring of Abraham, and I've never been enslaved to anyone. So my God, right? I've never been enslaved to anyone. Right? How is it that we say that you will become free? That's so weird, right? Because that response, again, sabi kanina, di ba? Every line a character reveals who they are. And what does this reveal about the Pharisees? They are holding on to pride. Mm-hmm. Wow. Ano kami ni How can we be, you know, how can we be those slaves? That's impossible. But if we're going to read the Bible, many times they became slaves, eh? Right? But they're holding on to this false notion, this false pride. Now, is it because, you know, they just want to hold on it? Again, we go back to the text, we're blinded by sin. Now, you might be asking, so, okay, alright, you understand, no? It's not in the context, you finally get the context, well, cool. What's in it for us? Diba? What's in it for us? So, believe in the truth that is Jesus Christ frees us from the slavery of sin. Believe in the truth that is Jesus Christ See, the truth is Jesus Christ. And abiding in His Word frees us from slavery, from sin. Abiding in the Word, yeah, abiding in the Word, okay, frees us from the entanglement. I like that verb, no? Entanglement. Entanglement, okay, of sin. Because sin entangles us, right? Abiding in the Word will free us. The believing in Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior and abiding in His Word will free us from this entanglement, from this tight grip. Before, now just like slaves, we have no will of our own. Our master is our sin, our pleasure. Yeah? But accepting Christ as our Savior gives us an spirit, a spirit of new creation, a spirit that can say no to sin. Right? So, we're going to look at the text now. Right? What's in it for us? Now let's pause for a moment no? and think about this. Let's try to imagine what we have done so far. How can we really put off our own selves? Or are there still areas in our lives that perhaps, no, you know, you have, have, you have not yet surrendered with God? No? Or maybe to what extent, I love this question, to what extent do we really believe that Jesus and that we're seeing as our Lord gives me. And to what extent have we really walked in a mind to be in When you're alone, imagine, when you're alone, when your life group leader is away, when your mom and dad is away, and no one sees you, is Jesus Christ still Lord and Savior? What do we do when we're all alone? Does our online life, or is our online life honor God? Is our online life 
our online, our online, you know, our online common egos honoring God, when you're in TikTok, and you're in IG, or you're reading the Land of Dawn to Mobile Legends, are you still a Christian? Right? Or you have your own other ego. Or maybe when you're in your families, right? When you're dealing with your families and your parents, do we honor them and do we honor and respect our parents? Or when you're with your loved ones, with your with your wives, your husbands, your you know, girlfriends, boyfriends, do we honor God with our relationships? Is this the Lord and Master when it comes to our relationships? Do we still abide by His word when it comes to our relationships? Or In our workplaces, how many bond papers have we used for printing? <laughs> for work. <laughs> is God still your master, your Lord and Savior, or your, you know, your master is your boss, or your money, or your own discarded? Jesus himself said, and I'll be handing you. Jesus, uh, Jesus himself said that his true disciples abide by his so we, the encouragement for us is let us accept and reestablish ourselves into work. Let us not like be the Pharisees. Let us continue to pursue, not just, you know, knowing. See, knowing is like thinking. It's just very cognitive. You know, it's just like up here. And sometimes when it's up here, it puffs us. Right? The, the encouragement for us is not just to know the truth, but abide by His truth. I will end with this picture. Yeah. Yeah. This is a quantum realm. Yeah. And the first part of the time is very familiar to you. Right? So only then this one is yeah. So this is a quantum realm, right? And let me share you maybe you're saying, I'm not perfect about the sasa class. I want to be like you. No, I'm not. Okay? Because years back, mga two years back, I was here in the quantum realm. Now, this, the quantum realm is, you know, of course, it's a marble thing, but it's become a running joke in our life. Because I was, as I said a while ago, I was in a very rough patch back then. I vanished as a church. Like, poof. They cannot trace me. They called me up. Of course, I'm a very, you know, Ant-Man smart guy. You don't answer phone calls. Instead, you know, pass on, pagod Right? So, I'm very smart to the point that I don't post anything online. So, what I'm going to do is it's like, you know, boom, vacuum. Right? As I said, I'll say the quantum realm. As a matter of fact, I should be here standing in front of Maybe, if not for people who snatched me from the fire and reminded me back of how the gospel how Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has freed us. How this truth has freed us from the slavery of sin. I'm not here standing in front of you. Maybe I'm playing my PS4. I'm collecting, you know, a number of Pokemon. You know, the Switch, right? But because of these people who rallied me, who were passionate in discipling me, I get here to share my testimony. Not me to honor myself or them, but honor God for being right there. So if you find yourself 
with areas in your life. You know, seriously, you know, mga ko ba ng YouTube na ito? Hindi na mababalik. Because it's like pointing fingers. Hopefully not. But hopefully it will point, it will nudge an area of your life that you haven't fully surrendered in Christ. This is the moment. It's just temporary. This is the moment okay, that we can recommit our lives to God and be and we just don't end up with, you know, okay, I'm good, I feel good after this service. It's not just that. But rather, we go out. What you learn here, we apply. What we read in the Bible, we demonstrate. And surely we become salt and light to the communities that we are in. That's a challenge. Yes. You don't just sit here. Okay, okay. Can I see from COVID? No, you don't sit here. We go out. We make disciples, just like those people who rallied, who were passionate, who didn't give up in discipling the person inside the water room. Okay? So let's, as we end, are we talking to sets of people? If you're new here, right, and maybe as you listen right now, okay, you were, you realize, you get to, you know, oh my. Right? The moment that you have areas in your life that you surrender in Christ. This is the moment that you get to know who Jesus is. See, sometimes we're in the Pharisees, we have too many questions. Right? But really, it, it, to be honest, right? Those questions are just, you know, questions of doubts. But technically, how will you start believing if you don't get to know and build a relationship on that? That's what Jesus is trying to tell you. Get to know who Jesus is and start trusting in Him. And if you are, you know, we've been attending the church, oh, I'm Christian, what? Okay, okay now. Okay now, sa teaching ko. The challenge is this. I want you to recall those people who did not give up on you. Those people who discipled you. Those people who invited you to church. If they have exerted that much effort, why can't you exert that effort? Start making disciples. Because if we truly abide in Christ, the fruit of that will be us proclaiming the gospel to other people. Right? So, I would like to invite everyone for a prayer. Right? So let's all stand up. I'll be praying for this two sets of people. So, Lord, we thank you for this time, Lord Jesus, for reminding us that your truth will truly set us free. That because of your truth, Lord Jesus, uh, this this freedom that you're giving us is more than that our more than our intelligence, more than our knowledge could fully understand. Lord, we thank you for dying for us in the cross and truly setting us free from the bondage of sin. That Lord, now with our new spirit, now that your righteousness upon us, we can face you as your adopted sons and daughters. Lord, I pray for those people. Or in this, who has joined us today. Or I pray for those people who haven't met you. And if you're that person, okay, you can freely raise your hand and surrender yourself to Jesus Christ right now. Lord, I pray for these people who have both been blinded of sin, Lord Jesus, that, you know, sin has become their lifestyle. It's been very pleasurable and beneficial for them. Lord, I pray that at this very moment, Lord, that they will see that the, what we're holding on to, this physical freedom that we're holding on to, Lord Jesus, is nothing 
beyond measure and compare to the joy and freedom that we have in you. Lord, we lift to you this people in this room. Maybe you're raising your hands right now, maybe not. You know, we know that you know some might be raising their hands, not think for them, but Lord, we pray that as they listen to your word, that we not remember who's standing here in front, but rather they will remember, Lord Jesus, the truth of your message, that liberating truth, my Lord, of your salvation, of the gospel. Lord, we also pray for the members of the church right now who's with us. Lord, I pray that do not let us to be stagnant, Lord Jesus. Do not let us to be comfortable in what we're having right now, but rather, Lord, that as we are reminded of your sacrifice on the cross, of this freedom was paid with a heavy price when you died on the cross, Lord Jesus, that we will have that burden, that we will have that onus, Lord Jesus, to go out and make disciples. Lord, remind us every single day of the gospel. Let the gospel be preached to us every single waking moment of our lives. That we will not be satisfied, Lord Jesus, keeping the solution, keeping that wonderful news of your gospel within us. But your grace will be overflowing us, Lord, we cannot help but to reach out to the next generation, to reach out to those people who haven't heard of your gospel. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We also pray, Lord Jesus, for those who are infected with the virus, Lord, we lift you, our friends, our families, Lord Jesus. And even the families represented by these people here, Lord, who are infected by the virus, we pray that at this moment, Lord, we know that we're God of healing. But more than that, Lord, we believe on what your will is in their lives. Lord, we pray that your will be done in their lives in the spirit of isolation, in the spirit of quarantine, Lord, that they may get to know who you are as you lead yourself to them. Lord, we thank you for this time. This we ask in your mighty name. Amen.